is the final whistle on Ocean FM. For the first time, Ireland will play Australia in a Women's Masters International Rule Series and a Sligo woman will captain the girls in green. We'll hear from her on the programme. After helping Glenview Stars win a league and cup double in junior soccer, now Laura McGuinn puts on the Ireland shirt again, this time at the Deaf Olympics in Turkey. She'll explain why the hearing implants will all be taken out before kickoff against Spain tomorrow. The full house signs are already up for the Deja Vu Northwest, which is coming to Sligo and Donegal in April. One of the voices of rallying Plum Tyndall will give you a beginner's guide, and we'll tee up the Condley Motor Group West of Ireland Championship with the captains of County Sligo Golf Club. And you're welcome to the programme. This is Austin O'Callaghan. Here are the contact details. By WhatsApp and text, the number 083 3500 530. If you prefer email, sport at oceanfm.ie will get us. And you'll find us on X as well, at Ocean FM Sport. So, coming up, Sligo's Laura McGuinn on playing indoors for Ireland in Turkey tomorrow. And County Sligo Golf Club's Jim Flood and Valerie Booker on the t- return of the a good old 64-player match play for the knockout stages of the Condley Motor Group West of Ireland Championship, which returns to Russell's Point this Easter. But first to the return of the Masters International Rules Series. Ireland are going to play Australia a week on Saturday in a men's over 40s series, in a men's over 50s series, and for the first time in a women's Masters International Rules Series. There will be joint captains of the Ireland women's team, Waterford's Miriam Liston and the ageless St Nathies and Sligo footballer Etna Flanagan. She was playing club rugby with Sligo until the end of last season. Now she's into a whole new ball game. First time, yeah, yeah, never had an opportunity for this. So when I got the call, I was like, oh, definitely, it's something I've always loved to play it. I just didn't have the opportunity. So I, it wasn't, didn't take too long to say yes to it. <laughs> You're not that unfamiliar with the oval ball because you've been playing rugby in recent seasons with Sligo. Yeah, yeah. Like I only retired from rugby last year, last season, then the last season. So, yeah, well used to it. The, the, the oval ball, even though we're going to be playing with the round ball anyway. So I don't think we're going to. I don't know if they want to play any part, but with with the oval ball. So I don't know okay. if we get that opportunity. Right. Okay. So it's more your terra firma Gaelic football in that sense, in terms of the. Uh, the uh, the equipment you, you'll be using. What's the biggest difference, would you say, with this hybrid game compared to what you've grown up with in Gaelic football and played more recently in terms of rugby? Yeah, um, well, one thing was what we found very hard and used is the steps. So you can take six to seven steps or 10 metres, you can travel 10 metres without taking a play of the ball. So that it was all from that really hard because you're so used to obviously only the four steps and then you know, your soul or whatever. So that's been, you know, I suppose getting your head around that. And obviously the tackle, for me, I suppose tackle, I don't, you know, I'm used to it from the rugby, so it's not too bad. But for some of the girls, it's to be very new to them because they would never have, have done tackle like that before. So that's probably them two would be the two biggest, I would say, things that we have to get used to. And in terms of the makeup of this Ireland squad, we, we, we recognise some of the names alongside you. Leitrim's Maeve Quinn, Donegal's Diane Toner. There seems to be a good spread of counties participating here. Yeah, there is. Well, there's 20, I think there's 23 of us. So 
of these 23 counties represented in that. Only one girl is... Um, Katrina McGahan is from, she's representing London, so she, so then you'd have 22 counties in, in Ireland along with her then um, represented. But like I suppose there's a lot of names that you'd know from Kayla Downey, from Down and, and Noelle Early, you'd probably know her from Kildare, she um sister Dermot Early, so there's lots of names that you'd recognise from playing county football over the years. And of course, uh, Mayo's Michael Moyles, the manager, along with Donegal's Maria Deveni, helping him out on the on the sideline. And um, ATU Sligo people will remember Michael Moyles winning Sigerson Cups with Sligo. So there's there, there's lots of local connections as well. Was getting the captaincy a surprise, Etna? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't have expected it at all. You know, there's a lot of leaders. I suppose around the county football is generally some sort of a leader. So there's lots of leaders in there and. You know, I would, I was honoured, absolutely honoured, you know, to be asked, but um, wouldn't have expected it at all. You know, there's, there's lots, lots of big names in there. I would have thought would have been ahead of me. You know, so definitely very honoured to be asked. It's, 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 it's great. There aren't too many sportsmen and women who get to captain their country. No, definitely not. No, and I would definitely, given, given that I retired last year, I would, I wouldn't have thought. That it was that I was going to be something I would have got to do, you know, for anything. So it's it's a huge, huge, you know, achievement for me to be able to do this, you know. So very, very delighted. You're never going to retire, Edna Flanagan. I can't see that <laughs> happening, quite frankly. <laughs> no, no, definitely. This is just a this is just a flash in the pan. This is uh, this this um, AFL. You're playing two test matches against Australia. Um, how how serious will this be? Will there, I'm sure there'll be a social dimension to to the whole occasion. But knowing the competitive streak in you and your and your teammates, you, you'll want to win. Oh well, obviously, it was never go to to play anything that you don't, you know that you want to win. But um, I don't I don't know to be honest. We don't know what we don't know what kind of a team they are going to come with. Not sure what level um, the players will have played at whether they would have played kind of the professional AFL or whether they're just, you know, club club t- from club teams around the, the country. I don't know. So we don't really know that. But, um, I mean, regardless of what they come with, we're obviously going to go out with the intention to win, you know. I know there will be the social side of it afterwards, you know, and that. And it'll, there'll be that bit of fun. But certainly when we're on the pitch, it'll be... It'll be all guns blazing. And we have, of course, the men's over 40s and men's over 50 teams taking part. So it's a real festival of international rules football coming up. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the men's over 50s is on is on before our game and then the over 40s is after our game. So, yeah, like, I mean, there's six hours of, of, of game time there, you know, to be seen. So it should be it should be really enjoyable, you know, to, to see that and see, see all them games playing. This next question isn't intended to make you feel old at the, in any way, but I, I am curious, what is the secret of your longevity? Like, you, you've been back playing rugby in recent seasons with Sligo. We know your your famed history with St. Nathies and Sligo as an inter-county Gaelic football. Um, wh- what's the secret to your fitness, number one, and your durability, number two? Well, I don't know if I have a secret. Um, I, don't, I just, I, I suppose I've always looked after myself I've, I I would always train like even from when I retired last year I still would have kept training as regards 
you know, strength training and stuff. I wasn't really doing a whole pile of running, you know, up until I got asked to, to play this. But uh, I, don't, I don't really have a secret. I just, I suppose I enjoyed it. And I always just, just kept, my, I minded myself and I trained, you know, I trained hard. And, um, I, I, There's no secret. I don't know if I had it, I'd pass it on, but I don't have one, I'm afraid. Do you like genetics? Give- I think maybe <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, that that may well be. Yes. Do you like giving team talks? Finally, what will you say no. to your Ireland teammates? <laughs> um, t- team talks wouldn't be my speciality now. A lot of guys tell you that. I like to go. Out, I suppose I always say I, you know, what I do on the pitch is how I show my leadership. But um, look, I suppose everyone, the girls are all up for it. It won't be hard to to. Um, get them geared up because they're all in the same boat and we all want to go out and, and you know, make a, make a good show of, of it like, and, and, and hope that it, it'll be something that'll be continued on because it is the first first year that they, they've done a, a ladies' master. So, you know, you want to give it that a good show that they can say, well, yeah, it's what we're doing and we'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep doing it and give other people an opportunity. You know, the, you know, next or two years' time, whenever they play the game, they'll give it give them an opportunity to, to play it as well. You'll have to make sure you're on the trip to Australia in two years' time. <laughs> I don't know if that if that happens. As far, I think they always come to, to us. As far, I think they were saying that there's never been a return trip to Australia yet, so we'll see, we'll see if that'll happen. Get the password upda- passport updated. Etna, that's Ireland's new international rules captain, Etna Flanagan. She's sharing the role with Miriam Liston of Waterford. And the inaugural Women's Masters International Rules Test Game between Ireland and Australia is on Saturday week, the 9th of March, in Charlestown. And then Game 2 will be the following Saturday, the 16th, in Den, in Cavan. Another Sligo woman has already represented her country on a few occasions now. Glenview star soccer player Laura McGuinn recently helped her club complete a junior soccer league and cup double in Sligo Leitrim. Now she's in Turkey with the Ireland Deaf Olympics futsal team. That's indoor soccer. They begin their Winter Olympics challenge tomorrow with a group game against Spain. Laura's been chatting to Donald Ryan about how the soccer tournament at the Winter Deaf Olympics works. There's 10, 10 teams um, two groups of five so we're in a group with um, Brazil, Japan Italy and then Spain and then just the top two out of each go through and then you just play for every place so every place is played for like what are Ireland's chances like? Obviously, that on paper, that sounds like quite a tough group, given football and pedigree of those countries that you mentioned um, across the board. Or Yeah, we kind of got in. The other group now is Germany, Poland, England, Kenya, and Turkey are in the other group. So that group would be perceived as being slightly easier. But, listen, love a challenge, and you don't know... You don't know what it's going to be like really until they start playing and you just have to be ready to go from the start really. I suppose when you're playing at this level, Laura, and representing your country at a Winter Olympics, uh, there are no easy games, I suppose. No, no. Um, and with football as well, it's just, there's no, it's not like, just as someone might know it. So it's 5v5, so it's an indoor court um, and it's 5v5 and the ball is slightly weighted. So... 
um, it's it's very quick. There's no um, you kick in from the sideline, but it's stop clock. So every time the ball goes out, it's stopped. But every time there's someone gets injured or anything, it's stopped. So while it's mental, let's say the twenty minutes a half, it could end up being forty minutes with the stop clock. So it's it's very tiring. Like I just find it more tiring than playing than playing ninety minutes for same game now. I don't you know probably isn't too happy to know that, but um, it is more tiring playing. I find. Um, but it's just a different game as well. Um, and for us, obviously, we're all deaf on the team. So some people find this weird, but when we play, we take all our hearing aids and all our implants and all that out. So it's a level playing field for everyone. So it can be quite difficult whether to communicate with each other because you kind of have to learn different ways to communicate with each other. Like it's a lot easier when I'm playing with Glenn Deere when Gino's roaring at me from the sideline or the guy who's saying something like, I'm hearing aids in, so I can hear everything. But... When we're playing football, you know, we just have to find different ways to communicate with each other. Like, um, so it's just, just different. Like. And how do you get around that, Laura, when you have all your hearing aids and implants, etc., taken out? As you said, it, it does make it a completely different game. Like, What ways yeah. do you find to communicate with each other? Like, How exactly do you go about that? It's a lot of hand signals and obviously signing as well. Like, um, I don't know much sign there at all. Like, a lot of the girls would be quite fluent in it, but... Um, I wouldn't be as familiar with them all, but um, you can kind of pick it up when you're around them. Um, but it's a lot of signing and pointing and hand signals and just eye contact, really. So it doesn't always go right, like, um, but we try our best at it. Laura, this isn't your first tournament with the Irish Deaf team as well. Obviously, you played in the World Cup there a couple of months ago. I don't think there's many people from Sligo that, they, that can say they scored for Ireland at a World Cup. No, it was quite special. Um, Brazil was... I think for anyone to go to Brazil, anyone that has any interest in soccer, the home of football is Brazil. So to play for your country in Brazil is just like you can't really sum it up. Meant a lot to me, and I thought I scored my first international goal, so it's always going to be it's always going to be a good memory to have. How did you come uh, to play for Ireland in this uh, for for the Irish Deaf team, Nora? How did all this come about? To be honest, to be honest with you, it was just Facebook. Um, there's just the team obviously have a Facebook page and yeah I just got in contact with them went up for toys and it's just kind of all took off from there obviously we get certification and all that and we all have to do hair and tests and all that um, but yeah it's pretty much that and then after that it's just driving to Dublin with you coming up to tournaments like we'd be in Dublin every second weekend or whatever it does seem to be quite a compact squad as well, looking at the team that's travelled over for this yeah, tournament so as well. There's only there's only nine nine of us this time, so we have one keeper and then everyone else is an MCK. So it's it's a lot of rotation, like um football's run on the last, so you just want to go and run your hands out for a few minutes and then you could be off like you could only play in two minutes and come off, two minutes come off, like it's very soft out, so everyone is everyone has to be switched on and Everyone's involved, really. But yeah, obviously nine is tight enough. Um, we did bring more now to Brazil. And there was 14 of us in Brazil. But I suppose just in regards to getting game time for everyone and some people just other commitments, like they couldn't come. Like, some of the girls are in college and all that. So um, the nine we have is what we're going to work with. And obviously you're coming into this tournament as well, going playing for Ireland, Laura, off the back of a very strong season. The first... Uh, women's season in Sligo Leitrim as well obviously Glenview doing the double there too 
yeah, listen, um, I think having a season like that with them do and playing with all the girls and Gino and Clive and all the lads that are coaching, they just give me such confidence. Like, so when I'm away and I'm playing for Ireland, it's just, you know, you, you nearly have the confidence before um, just from everyone in Ben Like, they've all been so supportive. Like, um, so, yeah, it's brilliant that there's a women's league in Flygo. I think it's only going to go from strength to strength. Um, hopefully next year now, I'm sure you've heard the rumours were hoping that we would play home and away. So, gradually even longer than the men's league. So, listen, it's, it can only go up, I think, and hopefully we might get another one or two teams involved. And finally, just before we let you go, uh, your first the Ireland's first game is on Friday against Spain. If people want to keep up with yeah. Ireland and watch the games, maybe, or just keep up with the scores, where can they do that, do you know? There's several social media channels now. Um, the game will be streamed on YouTube. We just haven't got the link yet, but it'll be up on Deathsport Ireland um, on the Facebook page. They'll put up the link when we get it, and they'll put up the team pictures and the results and all that. And there's Irish Tech Women's Football as well on Instagram, if you want to have a look at that. And, See what, we're, see what we're doing when we're over here. We wish you the best of luck. That is Ireland's Laura McGuinn, part of the Ireland Def Olympics futsal team and their opening group game against Spain tomorrow. We'll share the link if you want to watch it online uh, after this programme on the Ocean FM Sport social media platforms. The World Indoor Athletics Championships begin in the morning in Glasgow. It's the Emirates Arena, situated just across the road from Glasgow Celtic Football Club. That's the location. Ireland has sent a team of 10 athletes, comprising nine women and one male. That's 60-metre sprinter Israel Olatunde. The Ireland team also includes Sligo sprinter Lauren Cadden who's part of the women's 4x400metres relay squad. Now, several high-profile Irish athletes have opted to skip these championships because it's Olympic year. Former Ireland Olympian Breach Conley has been explaining the rationale behind that. Mark English, Darren McElhinney, you know, Brian Fay, Andrew Cosgrin, like all of those guys. Now, it was Andrew and Brian are grand. They have their times, you know, um, in the bag for the Olympics. But for Mark and Dara, like, it'll be all eyes on Paris. And I think even Mark, like, he, Mark is much better than he has ever performed at the Olympic Games. Um, and I think it was just even going to Tokyo. Like, it was a rat race to get around and get into races, you know. Like, it, it was the 11th hour by the time he qualified, you know. And I think he, he nearly was fatigued by the time he got there. So I guess it's a lesson learned. Um, and he's just... Uh, I guess he's picking the competition that he wants to um, maybe achieve better at. Um, he's done many in indoor, so I'd imagine that might be the logic there. And for Dara, he doesn't have a time, so um, Dara would probably be reflected or kind of putting everything in as well to qualify in for Paris, be it through the ranking, or I'm assuming he would want to get the time um, automatically, but those times are very hard to come by, as we've seen. And as a former Olympian yourself, Breach, you'll know an Olympic cycle, an Olympic year does change the emphasis of of your season programme, doesn't it? Oh, 100%. And it should, I guess. You know, um, like there'll be athletes that'll be their first Olympics, athletes that'll be their last, you know. Um, and it is the big stage. And I think Paris is going to be the most like London. You know, to me, if I if I were in, you know, that boat again, you know, and there was a potential like it, I think it would be brilliant because Tokyo was totally overshadowed by COVID. 
Rio was very far away, you know, so I think for Paris, an awful lot of families can travel. It's in Europe, it's on our time. I think they will do it really well. I think it will be the most similar because everybody said the London game were absolutely brilliant. So, um, yeah, it'll be a really, it'll be a really, really special one. It'll be as close to a home Olympics as any of the Irish will get anyway. So, um, yeah, they're probably right too because the world's come around. Well, I suppose the world's only come around every so often too, but the Olympics seem to be the big one. Well, let's have a look at this Ireland team in Glasgow for the next three days. Uh, Ten athletes, and it probably says something about the strength of the female running game at the moment in this country. Nine of the ten are women competitors. Yes, isn't it great to see? Um, probably the first time ever that females have outweighed. Well, maybe not, because I think we've been really strong on the female front, but also, we have a great, you know, we have a great setup. I think there's so many brilliant coaches here. Um, women are championing themselves, men are championing women. So we've got, you know, we are doing something right. Um, and I guess they're coming through the ranks now, you know, the drop-off. Well, it's still there, but I think it is maybe getting less. But the ones who truly love it will stick at it anyway. That's the way I look at it. You know, I, I don't get too consumed with this fallout of sport. I think when it's in you, it's in you and you'll pursue it to the death. Um, but yeah it's great to see so Israel will be blessed among women at this championship <laughs> Yes Israel Olatunde runs in the men's 60 metres he's the sole male uh, competitor on this Irish team which includes a young Sligo girl this weekend Breach Lauren Cadden who will be part of the women's 4x400 four metres relay squad Yeah so it's a great I have the goosebumps for Lauren it's just a brilliant achievement Um like Lauren and Dermot, McDermott, the quiet, I think he's the quiet man of Irish athletics. Dermot doesn't always get the recognition I believe he fully deserves. Um, he's just changing lives left, right and centre, but he's so focused, you know, himself and Lauren on, this is a massive year, it's a massive opportunity, the 4 by 400 you know, they've got Barbados coming up in order to try and achieve, you know, the qualifying standard for the Olympics. So this is a perfect opportunity for Lauren. I'm not sure if she'll get to run because, I believe all the team are fit. You know, the girls who might be ranked ahead of her, they're all fit and healthy, which is great. But for Lauren, it's a crucial experience, you know, to be in that environment. She would be doing all of the, you know, I guess the warm-up sessions with them. Um, so it's a great learning experience. She'll be among brilliant people like Phil Healy, Sophie Becker, Charlene. So she, yeah, she'll learn a heap. And I would imagine it will really excite her for the months to come. Yeah, just a great chance to, to, to experience this sort of world, senior world event. I mean, she, she has won medals at national indoor level already, so she's, she's not a novice, but this will be a, a new experience for her. Oh, majorly, yeah. And it's a whole new world. Like, you know, it's overwhelming as well. You know, these will be, I guess, more than when I went to Rio. These are athletes you saw on television and you, now you're among them. But again... It's a really good thing because we'll help you, you know, to deal with that and to kind of calm yourself and, you know, settle nerves and stuff. So, um, and hopefully Lauren will get a sense of belonging. That would be the biggest thing to come away with this weekend, you know, to really push yourself then, you know, to maybe get on the team, you know, that will be actually racing in the next, um, the next qualifiers. And the 4 by 400 metres relay is on Sunday morning. If people want to make a note of it, they might want to watch the telly. 20 to midday for the heats. And if Ireland gets through to the final, that's at half past eight on Sunday evening. Now, 
In terms of the form athletes on this Ireland team, I find my eye, Breach, being drawn to the two Sarahs. Sarah Lavin, we'll talk about in a moment. Sarah Healy, first of all, in the women's 1500 metres. The girl who recently broke Mary Collins' long-standing indoor 3000 metres record in France a few weeks ago. So she's a woman enjoying a, a nice vein of form at the moment. Yeah, so Sarah has really found herself. I think um, Budapest was a brilliant experience for her. She openly admitted that she had really kind of just really like found it very difficult in the championship environment. She had always come off the off the track, you know, feeling that she hadn't performed to her ability. So since she has moved, you know, I know she got an absolutely brilliant foundation with her um, previous coach, but she's gone in among a gr- group with Trevor and Jenny Meadows. And yeah, she's really just found herself. She's competing now, um, not getting overcome with the nerves. And I think as well, that that um, record of Mary Collins, like it stood for so long and it took, you know, a phenomenal race, like the right race was the race that, you know, beat, uh, or, like, beat the record. But yeah, so she is in because Mary was in such good shape when she ran that time herself. So Sarah would be really eye in a final. Like that would be the big thing for her, I'd imagine, in this in this championship to get into that final on Sunday. And if we were to talk medal chances, Breach, does Sarah Lavin's name come into the conversation? Yeah, I, well, I guess the logic here would be Derv, she like Sarah and I has the Irish record, and Dervla O'Rourke did. And Derby get a world championship medal, so she did. You know everything. Everything can go right, you know. And when it does, you know Sarah Lavin, and she is the ultimate competitor. You know she's so focused. Um, so yeah, I, like this could be her chance. And I guess too, not everybody is coming to compete. You know, a lot of people, as we said before, are you know deciding against the world because of the Olympics. And I guess it's a bit of a trek for some athletes. So. Yeah, there's, you know, Sarah has everything to run for this weekend. She certainly does. That's a 60 metre hurdles. She goes in. Uh, Donegal Athletics fans, Breed, apart from Mark English, they'll be familiar with uh, Finn Valley's Roisin Flanagan, one of the two Flanagan twins. Uh, Tyrone native, but running in the Finn Valley singlet at club level. She goes in the 3,000 metres this weekend. Yeah, so again, a brilliant opportunity. I just took a look there before I came on. So Roisin is actually within... Roisin uh, has qualified for these championships through the quota. Um, so she hadn't the automatic time, but because there was, you know, a remit been taken, she fell in there. She had a brilliant race in Milrose game. She ran a two-mile Irish record. So she's in really good form. A big thing for her here as well would be, you know, ranking points for the Olympics. So... Uh, great opportunity. She's in a really good heat as well. So, um, yeah, Russian, like it's a, it's a great weekend for her, you know. Not massive pressure, but at the same time, a great opportunity. And we also have a couple of mixed relay teammates of Chris O'Donnell's at the Worlds and Olympics in recent seasons. Charlene Maudsley and um, Sophie Becker are running as well. What else catches your eye? I think that's it. Yeah, like this, you know, this 4 by 4 like the ladies, they're consistently there at all of these championships. So it's great to see that. Um, it's great that they're getting experience, you know, bringing in new girls all the time. And it is wonderful to see Phil Healy back. Phil, I think, had a really um, challenging maybe 18 months. So she's back, um, coming back to her best and she's feeling good. So um, hopefully they'll put on a strong performance at the weekend. 
Breach Connolly, former Ireland Olympian, speaking to Ocean FM Sport on the eve of the World Indoor Athletics Championships, which begin tomorrow morning. Lauren Cadden's uh, heat of the women's 4x400m relay, if she's selected to run, will be on Sunday morning at about 20 to midday. And if the quartet gets through to the final, that will be on Sunday evening at half past eight. And the live television coverage, you'll find it on Virgin Media 2. It starts tomorrow morning from 5 to 10. Well, this year's Condley Motor Group West of Ireland Golf Championship was officially launched on Wednesday at County Sligo Golf Club. The 101st edition of this signature amateur golfing event on the Irish calendar will take place over the Easter weekend. It's traditional dates. Easter is early this year. Good Friday, March 29th to Easter Tuesday, the 2nd of April. And the tournament format reverts back to the tried and trusted this time around. Two rounds of qualifying stroke play on Friday and Saturday then the top 64 players on the leaderboard play match play from Easter Sunday morning onwards where anything can happen until there's one player left standing the return of the traditional match play format has been warmly welcomed by the local golfing community Jim Flood is this year's club captain at County Sligo the coming of the west the, uh, is a sign that winter has moved on and golf you know, is moving out of slumberland and the West is very much awake and Easter time is always a time where we feel here the golf season, you know, has started. What do you think is the magic of the West? Well, the magic of the West, I, um, I think, is that, first of all, you get, you get a lot of people who will come to Ross's Point to see a competition which has been there for over a hundred years. We're now in our in our first year after the our, our centenary centenary year was last year, um, and uh, at Easter time, it has actually um, it's since 1931 the West has been run at Easter time. One of the features this year, Jim, is the return of the traditional format of the West of Ireland, principally on Easter Sunday. We're back to 64 players qualifying for the match play stages, which traditionally has been a very exciting day from a spectator point of view and a golfer's point of view. But I think, what's the sense you get from members and locals that we're back to that 64 match play stage in the West? Yeah, there's great, there's great excitement about that um, and that really was the tradition of the West of Ireland where it was, uh, the pre- it was predominantly match play. Now for two years um, it, an experiment uh, was made in relation to uh, it being mainly uh, stroke play um, and that was okay but there was a lot of um, a lot of the excitement appear, appeared to um, drain out of it because you know with stroke play people couldn't see the competition end of it as, as well as they see the match play so from this year now um, there's two days of stroke play and then we're into sort of the real competition which is the 64 people competing in match play and that will bring I believe a lot more people out to see it they can associate themselves very much with the people who are playing and it adds up to great excitement right up to the very end. Um, uh, and that was the format that uh, Rory McElroy and Shane Lowry uh, and Parig Harrington, that was the format that they actually 
um, actually uh, played in. And some, some of the great West of Ireland stories come from that, don't they, Jim? You know, where you're out on the course on a Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon following one particular match and then you hear something has happened on the 12th then you make your way over there to join that match, perhaps follow a local player or a young budding Rory McIlroy or Padraig Harrington if they're in the field. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you usually set out in the morning but I'm going to follow a couple of players. But with the, as the scores come in, um, you see a lot of movement between tees and greens and everything like that as excitement builds and particularly if you're coming towards the last five or six holes where it's very close um, it brings a huge crowd so there's a huge gathering usually 16th, 17th and 18th and then now and again it might even go down the 19th um, or the 20th as the case and it starts be. getting dark <laughs> yeah absolutely and it starts getting dark so it's a huge excitement. So I think we're going to get that energy back into it because traditionally um, a lot of people t- saw Easter as the time that they would start co- come back to Ross's Point. Obviously, people who are working away would be back, but others who traditionally would have come to the West uh, would make sure that, you know, they'd be back for Easter. And this, this adds... And I suppose traditionally as well, um, there was a great social atmosphere around it where people exchanged stories and caught up on each other. They mightn't have seen them for a year. Now, that has dampened a little bit, I suppose, with, you know, the constraints, obviously drink driving and, you know, which has to be honoured. The environment we're now in, people have to be much more careful. But notwithstanding, it still creates, families come back, um, the atmosphere is electric um, over the over the few days, and a great start then to the real, the ordinary golf season, which kicks in afterwards. Everyone playing eighteen holes and the course in excellent condition and everything like that. And we should remind people listening to this interview, Jim. I suppose that the reputation of County Sligo Golf Club stretches far beyond the boundary of County Sligo. It will host the Irish Amateur Open in May, which is the most prestigious. Uh, amateur event you could argue on the Irish golfing calendar um, why do you think County Sligo has got that reputation that it attracts so many Americans every summer who travel from overseas and they they choose and pick County Sligo as one of their must play golfing destinations well I, well, I think there, there's, a num- there's a number of reasons for that um, I would say firstly people who experience County Sligo I mean they experience a great friendship there's a very warm feeling for people they're looked after well when they come on board, they're met you know and and shown around the place Um, obviously the course itself the Lynx course has a particular attraction because there are only a couple of hundred Lynx courses in the world and you know we're a championship links course, a coal course, you know, the, the, the well-known architect. So it's well-known from that point of view. And there's a lot of history, like with Cecil Ewing, and, um, who, who would have won 10, ten, ten West of Ireland championships and who played in America. Um, and um, so there's a, there's a number of reasons why people uh, just love, love coming uh, to it. Just a word on the support you've had from the Connolly's Motor Group. They've been uh, in partnership with County Sligo and the West of Ireland Championship. Um, we're, we're, we're delighted um, that the Connolly's Motor Group um, 
are again sponsoring um, the Connolly Motor uh, Group West of Ireland Championship. Um, they've been with us for a number of years and they've also been, been great supporters of golf in County Sligo. And um, just looking at their own company, um, they, they, have, they have a number of things in common actually with County Sligo in that they're, they're around a long time. Their own company is there since 1939 um, and they're very um, uh, into good customer service, quality products um, and I think there's there's good synergy between the club and them uh, in relation to um, values. Um, so we're, we're, we're absolutely thrilled that they're here again um, and um, may they be here many times into the future. Let's finish, Jim, with a man you referenced at the start of this interview, one of the great local winners of this famous championship, Cecil Ewing, arguably the most famous winner of, of them all. The membership, I'm sure, like to have a local winner from time to time, and it does happen, the Ken Carneys, the Barry Andersons, etc. What would it mean for the County Sligo Golf Club membership if it ended up being a TJ Ford um, or maybe a David Shield from Ennis in, in 2024? Well, it's, it's, it, it would be fantastic and like, um, it's a great, uh, it, it's an extra level of energy um, goes into it when, when, when there is a local. And indeed this year we will have a good number of locals competing in the competition. Um, so who knows, um, we could be lucky again. My name is Valerie Booker. I'm lady captain at County Sligo Golf Club. Well, Valerie... What is it like to have the West back again? It comes around very quickly each year. It does. It it comes every year and it is just the start of the season for us. It's always an exciting time. Easter brings the West and the West brings Easter. So for, uh, for the club, it, it's the start of the season and it's just, um, it's always so exciting. Uh, people love getting out and getting involved. We hope for good weather. We don't always get it. But sometimes the wind and the rain bring more excitement to the golf. Uh, yeah. And is it nice, do you think, I suppose, in terms of the Irish golfing scene, that it's kind of the first in inverted commas major of the season? It, yes, it is. It's lovely that we start. We start the season down here. And, uh, you know, it, for, the, for the players, it, it means so much because if they do well at the start of the season, it starts, sets them up for the rest of the season. So that's always good fun. And we hope always that our own players will do well. Yes. So it's always fun to be following them. Yes, we like to root for the local guy, don't we? <laughs> we do indeed. We do indeed. And, you know, we have some great locals. So, you know, Rory did very well last year. Um, we had TJ and, you know, they're all in the pipeline again for this year. So, you know, we just, we love to have our locals do well. It is a very famous golf event that continues to flourish. What do you think this, what's the magic of the West, do you think? Why is it so popular? I know it's not an easy question to answer, but if you give me one reason, why do you think it works? I think our course, our course is why it works. We have a fantastic course. I mean, even if you're not a golfer, it's just the most beautiful place to walk. And as a golfer, it's the most challenging of courses. And then you throw in wind and rain. And, you know, every day it's different. There are days that it's, it's benign and there are days it's an absolute horror and you never know what day you're going to get. 
And while we will be watching the men in action over the Easter weekend, the women's game here at County Sligo Valerie continues to flourish. I remember reporting on the All-Ireland Senior Cup women's final last summer where uh, they gave it a great lash against Royal Port Rush in an All-Ireland final, a very young County Sligo team. But when you're reaching that level of Irish golf, that's got to be an encouraging sign from your point of view. It is indeed. We, we have a, um, a really flourishing junior programme, which, um, as you say, some of our girls are just doing so well. And they're, you know, ready to go again this year. And hopefully we'll get just that little bit further. It was so close last year. Um, but we have, we have other juniors coming up. We equally have a very um, active get into golf program. And we have a lot, we're very lucky. We have a nine hole course here, Beaumont. And so we have a lot of ladies in it. And we run a program. And now we're hoping that a lot of those ladies will come up to the, the main course, to the championship course. We run, we're running a taster in April or sorry, the end of March actually, uh, for Beaumont members to encourage them to come up and try the main course. A lot of people get a little bit frightened at the thought of, oh my God, the championship course. But once they're on it, they actually realise it's not such a, a big bugbear. You know, it's, it's really not that difficult in comparison with Beaumont, which can often play very, very much harder, in my opinion. Well, finally, Valerie, when this year's Vet West tees off and we get into Easter Sunday, when the traditional round of 64 match play stages returns, I think there's a broad welcome for the return of the match play. Will you be one of the hordes out there moving from match to match as the stories develop? Absolutely. I love following golf. Um, I, and I think, you know, whatever about watching golf on TV, actually walking the course, I like to choose a player and follow them rather than choose a hole and sit there. Some people prefer the hole and watch people come through. I prefer to walk and follow a player. So that's what I'll be doing. Hi, my name is uh, Richard Graham. I'm a sales executive for Connolly Motor Group in the Audi dealership in Sligo. And uh, we are delighted to be sponsoring uh, this year for the West of Ireland Championship. What has prompted Connolly's Motor Group, Richard, to continue this association? Well, even from, from last year when they're, they're 100th year, we're now in the 101th year of, of uh, the West of Ireland Championship. And uh, it's a great, great tournament. Um, I know the field has been increased again this year as well. So um, it's great to see so many people here. Um, Connolly's our family-run business in the West of Ireland for a number of years. And uh, it's great to get all the brands um, involved in it this year. So it's a full Connolly Motor Group um, uh, getting behind it this year, which is great. Yeah. The West is a signature sport event in this part of the world. And I suppose Connolly's Motor Group have become a similar thing in a business sense. Yeah, brilliant. Like we have a number of new garages there open this year as well and even in MG there in Sligo and, and the Cupra business. Um, it's extremely busy and uh, great to have so many customers uh, that are involved in the West and uh, customers of Connolly Motor Group as well. Yeah, They get a chance to talk golf maybe at every Easter. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Um, it's always a great little point, to, side note to go off talking about golf instead of cars. It's a great way to, to, get, to build rapport with the business as well. Yeah, And that's something I'm sure you want to grow Absolutely, yeah. Um, as I said, there's there's even some of our uh, customers are actually play in the West, so it's great to, for them. To, <laughs> a few of them have got done all right, and then there's ones actually made match play and stuff as well too. So it's great to, that they, that they're involved actually playing in it too. And Richard, we're here at the launch today at County Sligo Golf Club. 
Connolly's will have a big presence here come the West of Ireland Championship we can sell it over the Eastern yeah big time we've got six six new models here today we have uh, some of the lovely electric range here as well and during the week's uh, competition we'll have all the cars um, on site as well for, for viewing and there'll be a number of sales executives walking around too to have a chat with the people um, and as I said every, everything's available on, on Connolly's.ie um, for all our range all our brands uh, new and used we have, we, have, we have a car for somebody definitely we have so a car could, for you can organise everything except the West of Ireland <laughs> weather there's not, not too much you can do about that yeah today's not too great but hopefully by, by then we get a few clear blue skies and a couple of nice photographs as well too so yeah uh, just pray for the weather Richard Graham from the Connolly Motor Group, sponsors of the West of Ireland Championship at County Sligo Golf Club, which runs, tees off on Good Friday, March 29th, through to Easter Tuesday, April the 2nd. And the following month, Sligo will be alive to the sound of rally cars. Now, they won't be racing, they'll be driving from Sligo to Donegal and back along the Wild Atlantic Way. The event is a rally reunion more popularly known as the Deja Vu. And the Deja Vu Northwest is going to take place on Saturday, the 27th of April, followed by a special gala dinner that night in Sligo. Uh, entries for the Deja Vu and for the dinner are already full. The Deja Vu is the brainchild of well-known television rally commentator Plum Tyndall, who was raised in Sligo on the Mall in his formative years. Totally blown away. It's unbelievable. First time, this is this is the ninth Deja Vu event we've done. And it's a complete sellout, uh, both in entries and in dinner tickets. So um, it's almost embarrassing because we're having to turn away some friends, some old, old uh, Deja Vu's, you might say. Um, but we just can't take any more. So for this motorsport reunion, you can't actually take any more cars? No, we can't. We've, we've, uh, our limit is really about 140. We've got, I think, 157 on the list at the moment. So there will be some drop-offs. And even in the dinner, the, the, this hotel can't take any more people. So uh, what can we do? Well, I suppose it's a good complaint. Why do you think that interest is there? A number of things. Uh, Connaught Motor Club have been fantastic in in assisting us to open doors, uh, and every single door we've opened in Sligo has been uh, come on in. What can we do for you? Uh, and the other big, big factor I think is the uh, the charity for the two bereaved families uh, from the tragedy of of the Sligo rally last year. People just want to support them, and I've personally met them. They're amazing people, amazing attitude, uh, and just totally positive. Sort of, they're looking at this as really a celebration of, of the two driver and co-driver that were killed. When we spoke before, you gave us an outline of the route on the Saturday from Sligo Town up to Donegal and back down again. That's the main part of this Deja Vu Northwest weekend, but it's not the only part. You've got a number of ancillary events happening. Well, for the first time ever, we've gone into three days now. And the third day has become very exciting indeed because when the cars come into a Connell Street and the finish on the, on the, on the Saturday evening at about four o'clock in the evening, they're then being the rally cars and rally replicas have been diverted to Sligo Airport where they will be put up and secured overnight and we'll run a shuttle bus service back to here. And then on Sunday morning from 10 to 12.30, you will have 
roughly speaking, about 100 deja vu rally cars, supercars, and maybe that amount of aircraft flying in because the airport are doing a breakfast fly-in. So it'll be a really deja vu moment. Uh, SF Engineering are helping us to organise it and staff it, and um, we're calling it SF Planes, Cars and Coffee. As simple as that. And it's a great farewell to the evening they can, uh, to the to the weekend yeah. they can have their coffee and away they go home. Sounds great. You mentioned uh, that the, 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 the car list is full up for um, the Deja Vu Northwest, but you have managed to squeeze one well-known name in, in Matthew Wilson. Well, one announced so far and more to come, I can tell you. We're working on it. Matthew Wilson won the very first uh, Rally Island uh, experimental event when they were seeing if it could run from this area. So we're delighted to have him and he'll have a, a very super uh, Ford rally car and he and his wife are coming over. And, um, you know, we've got uh, other personalities that are in the pipeline at the moment and uh, we'll... we'll definitely be announcing shortly um, and um, the other person that uh, we're going to have which is a real thrill for us uh, and hasn't been announced yet but I'll give you a first on this one is Bex Williams who is the current World Rally Championship commentator and reporter so she has coming absolutely for nothing to give her support to the event and we'll have her for the weekend she'll be on O'Connell Street, she'll be at the start and she'll be hosting the gala dinner Super. We know that, and you know well, that rally enthusiasts, motorsport enthusiasts, they enjoy collecting memorabilia and um, material around the events they go to. And the Digital Northwest is, is producing a special souvenir programme in April. Yeah, again, another first for this one. Um, it's going to be 72 pages. Uh, it's tremendous advertising response to this, and it'll have featured articles on the main people taking part, a big um, mem- memorable articles about when the World Rally Championship came to Sligo, when the world came to Sligo, we're calling it. Uh, we've got a, a lovely feature article on possibly one of the greatest Sligo motoring families of all time. Uh, that's Anthony Murray's father, um, and, and their whole dynasty of, of, of thing, which was a pleasure for me to do because I remember Kevin Murray when I was a young child. Um, and uh, that will be on sale uh, end of March, beginning of April, 15 euros. And it's also, you buy a programme and that's your entry into Sligo Airport on Sunday morning. So, uh, and all the proceeds from that go to the charity. So that'll be available, as you mentioned, at the start of April in advance of the actual weekend itself. It'll be in certain outlets. It'll be online on the RPM uh, website. It'll be uh, in outlets in the north and on sale uh, in O'Connell Street, in Donegal Town, at the airport, you know. Plum Tindall on the Deja Vu Northwest, which is coming to Sligo on the last weekend in April. And you'll have a chance to uh, learn lots more about that. Visit rpm-motorsport.com for more information. And remember, the proceeds being raised from the or the Deja Vu Northwest weekend are in aid of the late Darren Maguire and G. MacDonald, uh, the two rally drivers who lost their lives at the Sligo Stages rally last year. That's what the Rallying Friends charity is all about. A reminder that this programme is available as a podcast each week on oceanfm.ie and wherever you get your podcasts, search for Ocean FM Sport to find it. We're back next week, same time, same place.